You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Wednesday edition of the podcast. Halfway through your work week, some of you may like to call it hump day, but a lot to get to ahead on today's edition of Locked on Cougars. We're going to talk about the awards handed out by the West Coast Conference with regards to the Men's and Women's Hoops Awards this year. BYU well represented on both sides. We'll get to that, break that down. Also need to talk a little bit about the early days of spring ball so far. What have I learned from talking with people who have been at practice? Well, we'll pass along some tidbits there and of course we will talk about the number changes of what you may want to pay attention to with regards to guys switching out their numbers this spring not guaranteed they stay that in the fall but nonetheless we'll break that all down ahead on today's podcast so a lot to get to and let's waste no more time and dive on in this is the locked on cougars podcast for march 3rd 2021 What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking some time to join us on your daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. Our goal here is to make you guys the smartest BYU fans in the room, so make sure you join us every single day. And a real simple format to do that is to hit that follow or subscribe button. That way, this podcast updates right there in your podcast app of choice immediately when it is available most of the time they come online overnight but nonetheless a big thank you for your support of the podcast and love chatting with you guys every single day getting going here on a wednesday edition of the show let's start off on the basketball front and a big congratulations to both the men's and women's basketball programs at byu as a result of both of them finishing the number two seeds behind gonzaga in both the men's and women's side of the bracket in the upcoming west coast conference tournament they were both richly rewarded with regards to postseason honors, the All-WCC honors. And let's start off with the men's team. BYU seniors Brandon Averett, Alex Barcelo, and Matt Harms all earned All-West Coast Conference recognition yesterday. Barcelo was named to the first team, as you probably expect, being the senior leader, really the heart and soul of this BYU men's basketball program, while Averett and Harms were named to the second team. Harms, more additionally, one other thing, was named the WCC Defensive Player of the Year. I think that's a really significant uh, result for him. I get that he's 7-3, and I get that he blocks a lot of shots, but this easily could have been an award given out to a member of the Gonzaga basketball program, in all honesty. Gonzaga's the number one team in the country, just completed a perfect regular season. They're one of the heavy favorites to win it all this year in the NCAA men's basketball tournament, but Harms is the first BYU men's basketball player to win WCC Defensive Player of the Year since BYU joined the conference. He is the first to be named a conference Defensive Player of the Year since Jackson Emery, yes, the man himself played alongside uh, Jimmer Fredette, won the Mountain West Conference honor in 2011. So 10 years later, they finally have a Conference Defensive Player of the Year. So big congratulations to Matt Harms on that honor. Uh, I don't think it can be overstated his impact on this program. He, he picked them, gave them a lot of recruiting clout when he picked them over the likes of Kentucky and many other programs out there. 
He's averaging 11 points and 4.7 rebounds this season. Uh, his biggest thing is he has the Rudy Gobert effect about him. And I'm not saying that he is Rudy Gobert because Rudy Gobert is the best defensive player in basketball in the world. And I know some of you probably aren't Utah Jazz fans and think I'm being a homer, but I mean it sincerely. The metrics all bear it out. The two-time defensive player of the year in the NBA, he is the best single defensive player in the NBA currently. Well, Matt Harms has that same type of an impact at the collegiate level, albeit a lesser level of basketball. There's no doubt about that, but when teams go into the lane with him there, he is just an absolute mountain, and he gobbles up all kinds of space, so I completely get why he was uh, named Conference Defensive Player of the Year with his shot shot-altering presence. Uh, he's the only player to have more consecutive makes in a game without a miss was Kreshmer Chosic after uh, Harms went 9-for-9 nine nine earlier on this season, entering the BYU record books in the process. Uh, he's racked up a season-high five blocks uh, in two of his last three games. He's just been an absolutely marvelous addition to the BYU basketball program. And yes, he's only going to be here for a year, but he'll leave an impact that I don't think will be soon forgotten. Uh, one other note here I forgot to mention is that Caleb Lohner was named uh, to the West Coast Conference Freshman of the Year, uh, Freshman Team, I guess is what I should say, all West Coast Conference Freshmen. Good to see him get on that list, both Umar Balo, uh, Jalen Anderson from LMU, Mitchell Saxon from St. Mary's, as well as Jalen Suggs from Gonzaga. Not really all that surprising to see them get those honors, but really cool to see BYU's players be honored for their play on the court. I, I did wonder if a guy like Harms might get the call up to the first team, but man, you know what? To have four guys get all-conference honors from this men's basketball program, that's something you can't discount. So congratulations to them. And then let's talk about the women's team for a minute here. Obviously, they are the number two seed going into the women's WCC tournament. Well, Shaylee Gonzalez was named the 2020-2021 West Coast Conference Co-Player of the Year, while head coach Jeff Judkins was named WCC Coach of the Year. Those announcements coming yesterday. Congratulations to Gonzalez. I am very fond of saying that she is worth the price of admission. If you have not had a chance to see her play basketball, I cannot encourage you as enough to take advantage and watch her play. She is just lights out. And when she is feeling it, it's just marvelous to see her do what she does. And Coach Judkins, for how he's rallied this program together, 13-3 and in the West Coast Conference, 17-4 and overall, his 20th season at the helm of the Cougars program. He is an institution and deserves this award. There's no doubt about that. But in addition to both Shaylee Gonzalez and Coach Judkins, well, you also had honors going to the first team uh all WCC, included Gonzalez, as well as her teammates Lauren Gustin and Paisley Harding-Johnson. Congratulations to them on that. And then on the honorable mention selections, Tegan Graham and Sarah Hampson earned honorable mention there. So congratulations to both the men's and women's honorees on these All WCC team postseason honors. Just marvelous. It's, it's, a, it's a credit to how these teams have come together this season. The way they have played amidst a pandemic that has just wreaked havoc on how their everyday lives have gone. But you know what? BYU has persevered through it all and as it stands, both programs should be into the NCAA men's and women's basketball tournaments respectively and looking forward to finally seeing them get their opportunity on the biggest stage after that was canceled a year ago. So congratulations once again to all of the honorees. I can't be overstated how big of an impact all of them have had for their various programs and we wish them nothing but the best as they, they now get ready for the West Coast 
Conference Tournament. All right, coming up here in just a minute, it will be time to switch our attention and talk spring ball from BYU football practice. I have been in contact with people who have been in touch with BYU players and also been in attendance at BYU practices for the first two days of drills. Day three uh, coming up later this week. We'll talk about what I have learned. And let's be clear, this is still in helmets, so there's still to be a, a grain of salt to be taken with all of this, but we still will talk about some of the takeaways that our practice insiders have had when it comes to spring ball so far. So we'll touch on that here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends over at Built Bar Guys. I want to encourage you to take advantage of Built Bar because they are the best tasting protein bars out there. They are the healthy treat that helps you lose weight, maintain weight, if you're on the keto diet, all that different stuff. Well, guess what? It can help you guys out and get you guys into a better healthy lifestyle while indulging in a delicious treat. There are over 20 different flavors out there. For example, you've got the likes of Cherry Barcia, Raspberry, Orange, if you like fruit flavors, if you like nut flavors. Well, they got plenty of those as well. Peanut butter, brownie, coconut. Coconut almond, by the way, if you like an almond joy, coconut almond is the bar for you from Built Bar because it tastes like an almond joy. And I mean that. I'm an almond joy fan. It may make, make, make me weird. I get that. But I want to encourage you guys to give Built Bars a chance. They are the best tasting protein bars out there. And you can get 20% off right now at BuiltBar.com. And all you got to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON20. Yes. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-2-0. Get 20% off your next order. Give them a shot. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at how good these protein bars actually can taste. That's courtesy of our friends at Bet Online using the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get your 20% off at BuiltBar.com and enjoy the best tasting protein bars on the market. Guys, I want to encourage you guys to check out the Locked On Today podcast. It is, of course, your daily podcast, catching you up on everything going on in the sports world, making sure that you are up to speed on everything like we do with the Cougars, just with the more broad view of the entire sports universe at their helm. Today on the podcast, you're going to learn more about the top two teams in the NBA as they battle that out between the 76ers and the Jazz. They have a game tonight. Will the Suns and the Lakers meet again in the Western Conference Finals? That's also a discussion point. There's plenty to talk about. You can get all of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Subscribe to it wherever you get your podcast. And by the way, when they mean in less time, 20 minutes or less. It is a great addition to your podcast lineup. I would encourage you guys to give that a shot. All right, getting going here with BYU football. It is spring ball, obviously. BYU has practiced twice, so they have 13 practices to go this month. And then finally, after yesterday's practice, they can finally put on pads. They will put on shoulder pads for the next two practices. They continue that NCAA-mandated acclimatization period. They have to go through five practices before you can get full pads on. I wouldn't expect BYU puts a lot of the full pads on and really goes after it at many points this spring, but they will do some of that. But uh, despite them only wearing helmets for the first two days, I can tell you this much. I've been talking with people who have been in attendance at practice, and they've actually been pleasantly surprised with a number of things. So let's touch on some of the storylines coming out from the early part of spring ball. First things first, this is a true quarterback battle. I have talked with multiple people who have been 
at these practices, and they are saying that reps are truly being distributed evenly. This is not Jaron Hall's getting 50% of the reps, and then Soljay Maiava, Jacob Conover, and Baylor Romney split the other reps. No, that's not happening. This is truly a 25-25-25-25 split, a four-way split of the reps. They're giving every one of these quarterbacks, uh, speaking of the top four on the roster, a chance to prove what they can do. And I think that's the right thing to do here in spring ball. I do think by the end of these 15 practices in the spring, the coaching staff will be able to kind of get a delineation of, okay, here's our top candidates, maybe one or two of them. Here's our guy who's probably number three and then number four. I think they'll be able to kind of express that to those players. And these players will still have their opportunities, obviously, in fall camp to show what they can do. But nonetheless, it's encouraging to hear that this is a true quarterback battle. I'll be honest. Last year when people were talking about Zach Wilson having to earn the job in fall camp, I'll be honest with you guys, talking with people around the program, it was not that way. It was Zach's job to lose. And, well, he won it and went on to have what is appearing to be one of the great seasons in recent BYU history that's going to lead him to be a top five NBA draft pick, it appears. But nonetheless, it is good to see that the quarterback battle is going to be given uh, a lot of looks. They're going to be giving guys a lot of looks to prove what they can do. And if you're a BYU fan, this just may be me reading into it a little too much. And if you guys want to weigh in with this, feel free to reach out via social media or email. You guys know how to get a hold of us. Locked on Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email us. Locked on BYU at gmail.com. But me looking into this, I think if, if you're a BYU fan, you're trying to replace Zach Wilson, you want the best candidate on the field. And the only way to do that is to give all all of the candidates an equal or equal opportunity to prove what they can do. Uh, like I said, I do think by the end of spring ball, you will have a delineation of, okay, here's kind of where the pecking order lies as we head into the summer. And obviously they'll do player one player run practices throughout the summer and then come back in training camp and see if they can have improved at some point. But nonetheless, I like how they're going about this. This is a true quarterback derby. They're going to be given every opportunity to show what they can do, and that's the positive news about it. A couple other things for you guys is the offensive line, uh, based on what we've heard through the first two days, has four guys who appear to be what you'd call a pencil in guys who probably will get first crack at starting this coming fall. So going from left to right, you got Blake Freeland at left tackle at left guard. You've got Clark Barrington. Barrington was an institution the past two seasons of that position since taking over and really has done nothing to lose his job there. And it appears that way early on here in spring ball at center. James Ampey, as you would expect, really doing good things leading this unit. uh, That's kind of had a Darth of starting experience, but has plenty of playing experience in it. And then finally, the fourth guy at right tackle has been Harris Lachance. And if you guys recall, if you listen to our position debriefings, and when we talked about offensive line, this is going back probably a month or so on the podcast, uh, I talked about the fact that I felt like Freeland as well as Lachance were going to get the first crack at playing left and right tackle, and whoever proved to be better at one side or the other, the other one probably ends up playing the other side. And you Usually, you put your better athlete at left tackle. There's no doubt about that. And so far, Blake Freeland apparently is that guy. And I would have put my odds were that Freeland would get the first crack.
crack at left tackle. Now, that leaves one position you're probably wondering, well, Jake, who's playing right guard? Well, according to people who've been at practice, it's been a two-man race there so far with Connor Pay, who I believe is the incumbent to take over at center when James Empey moves on. So getting him playing experience is never a bad thing alongside a guy like James Empey. And then Mo Unatoa, the Utah transfer, who's kind of been biding his time as a backup, he is also getting some run as the at, with the ones at right guard. So, so there's some good news here. What I like about this is you have four guys currently in Lachance, Empey, Barrington, and Freeland, who all have starting experience or extensive playing experience at BYU so far. So I don't think a guy like Daryl Funk, he is going to have that big of a learning curve to get guys up to speed. Yes, there is plenty of young talent coming in at that position, speaking of the offensive line, but I think Daryl Funk's adjustment period is actually going to be a little easier than maybe it might have been otherwise, knowing that he has at least four guys here who have got significant playing time experience, and Connor Pay, if he ultimately wins that right guard position, well, you saw him down the stretch last season really impressed, and I thought he was most impressive when he came in the bowl game to replace uh, Joe Tukuafu, who got injured and really there, just didn't miss a beat. He was lights out, fantastic in that dominant win over UCF. So I really like what I'm hearing about the offensive line. We're going to find out more, obviously, once the pads get strapped on. That's when trench warfare, the trench play that is so critical to these guys' development really becomes a factor. But nonetheless, so far, looking good on that front. And then one other note for you guys, a guy who was on the roster a couple years ago who I thought had a chance, if he stayed healthy, to break into the rotation and then ultimately had injuries and some other things preclude him from playing last year is Tavita Ika, the poor overall high standout. He's not a big guy, listed at five foot eight, 180 some odd pounds. He is truly a slot receiver, but what I like about him is he makes tough catches over the middle, and he makes them look routine. He had some health issues that precluded him from playing last fall. There was some thought that he may have to give up the sport altogether, but the fact that he is back out there is a very positive sign. So one guy to note there obviously is uh, is. Tavita Ika to be playing. And then one final note for you here. I just looking over my notes, I've heard from people. Sione Finau really was a standout in 2019 before that ACL injury. Had a slow return to action, but it sounds like he is getting closer and closer to being full go and showing more and more signs that he is suffering no ill effects from that ACL reconstructive surgery. And that's a positive if you're BYU wanting some more depth at that running back position. So there you go. Some thoughts from spring ball. Like I said, I'll be talking with people throughout spring, bringing you guys kind of that insider look at what's going on with the BYU football program. I've got great sources who are around the program who feed me this information. And as I've said before, and I'll continue to say this podcast, it's all about you guys. I want you guys to be up to speed on the Cougars and I will do my best to bring you the most relevant and most pertinent information that you guys need to have every single day. All right, coming up here momentarily, we'll wrap up the show. Uh, We do need to take note of some of the position changes as well as number changes for BYU this spring. Guys, uh, maybe getting to their preferred number they have not been able to wear since they showed up at BYU. We'll run down the list of guys to take uh, note of with regards to that here momentarily and also look at the Wednesday schedule in other BYU sports. Two teams in action that we'll break down as well. So a lot to get to still ahead here on the podcast. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at bet online guys if you want to try out sports betting well guess what betonline.ag has got a free account calling your name yes free account you can sign up for free at betonline.ag anytime you can do it in your mobile browser you can
can do it on your desktop or your laptop. They've got all the different options available to you guys. But additionally, right now, they're giving everybody who signs up a 50% welcome bonus. How you claim that is to go to betonline.ag, sign up for that free account, but when you make your first deposit with BetOnline, use the promo code Locked On for that 50% welcome bonus. It's a great way to get some money to play with. So once again, go to betonline.ag, get that free account. When you make that first deposit, make sure you use the promo code Locked On for that 50% welcome bonus. Claim it now, have some fun, and do it with our friends at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, folks, a couple of things to touch on before we go here on a Wednesday edition of the podcast. Let's start off with number changes. Obviously, these are all subject to change. That's kind of funny. I Number change, change, get the pun. Apologies for that. But nonetheless, this is the time of year when guys get to wear the numbers that they've kind of been looking for. Maybe early on in their career, uh, an established player, an upperclassman wore that number, and they're finally getting their chance to wear the number they have dreamed of wearing. So let's run down this list, and i got to give a tip of the cap to our good friend Jeff Hansen over at Cougar Sports Insider, part of the 24-7 Sports Network, for compiling this list. I am lifting it and using it as my own. I could easily have done the research, but you know what? When Jeff's done it for me, I'm going to take advantage of it, but I will give him a shameless plug. If you guys want the best and latest when it comes to BYU recruiting knowledge, sign up with Cougar Sports Insider. There is nobody better. Jeff is the foremost authority on BYU recruiting, and Cougar Sports Insider, in my opinion, is worth the investment. That's not just me speaking as a guy who used to work for 24-7 Sports. I mean it. Jeff is fantastic at what he does. Also, by the way, they're giving help Brigham Podcast that he, as well as our good friend Garrett McClintock, host. Also fun podcast to check out. It's a weekly podcast talking BYU, barbecue, and just life in general. They do a lot of fun, uh, have a lot of fun with that podcast, so check that out as well. All right, uh, let's run down these guys uh, who have changed their numbers this year. Let's start with Keanu Hill. He was wearing number 86 last year. He has now switched to the shiny number one this year. Uh, That's got a number that's got a big connotation and can be one that kind of can draw ire from fans if you don't produce. So best of luck to Keanu Hill. I like the boldness he is taking by saying, you know what? I want to wear that number one. I want to represent that number and best of luck to him. Caleb Christensen, uh, formerly of Mountain Crest High School, coming from the Cache Valley to BYU. Wore the number 15 last year. Wore the number 4 now. Chris Jackson uh, has worn multiple numbers, 22, 82 uh, during his time at BYU. Most recently wearing the number 82. He has switched to the number 5. So best of luck to him as he makes that position, uh, not that position change, the number change to the single digits. And then Mesa Fakahua, uh, formerly a quarterback who is now making the transition to playing running back for BYU. He moved up one number. He wore number 10 last Last year, now wearing the number 11 for the Cougars this year. Wes Wright, a walk-on defensive back from Snow College, wore the number 37 last year, now is going to wear the number 16. D'Angelo Mandel, who once upon a time wore number 16 as well as the number 0, is now wearing the number 5. He is the counterpart with Chris Jackson, wearing the number 5 on their jersey. Hobbs Nyberg, a walk-on wide receiver, punt returner, went from number 26 to number 23. Jason Money, a walk-on defensive back from number 30 to number 24. Hayden Livingston, another walk-on running back from number 20 to number 28. Hank Tui and this is an interesting one to know, and I know that uh, Jeff talked about this in his piece on Cougar Sports Insider. Uh, Hank Tui Pelotu, were number 35 last year, has now switched to number 32, but there may be a certain... Uh, other tight end who's coming back from a mission this summer who's expected to take on a bigger role who were the number 32 before his mission in Dallin Holker. 
who will ultimately wear that number this fall? We'll find out. But Hank Tuipilotu going from number 35 to number 32. Justin Smith, a walk-on kicker, went from number 19 to number 37. Pepe Tanovasam from 47 to number 45. Preston Lewis, number 52 to number 50. Joe Tukuafu from 63 to 52. Terrence Fall, number 11 to number 88. Caden Hawes from number 73 to wearing the number 95. Uh, Karis Tonga's number going to be donned this year by a guy who was his counterpart at that nose tackle position. Best of luck to Caden Hawes with that. Alema Pilimai going from number 88 to number 99. And then Josh Wilson, the younger brother of Zach Wilson, goes from wearing the number 52 to the number 34. And as I said, all of these numbers are subject to change. Uh, players could wear them this spring and say, you know what? I don't really like that number. I want to switch back to this. It's always a fluid situation. The good news is this is not Bronco Mendenhall's uh, situation that he has out of Virginia where you have a quarterback who who came into camp late, who wears the number 99 because they actually assign numbers on an honor system. Like you, you get the highest marks in the program. You get your pick of the numbers. And if you're the last guy, well, guess what? You're stuck with whatever's left. So, I like that Kalani Satake is giving his players the freedom to try out new numbers. I like that about that. He's not afraid of saying, you know what, if you're going to wear a number, I want you to feel good, look good, play good, that whole old adage. And it's fun to see that. So best of luck to all these guys sporting their new numbers this spring. All right, final notes here before we go is best of luck to the women's tennis program. They have their annual showdown with Utah at the indoor tennis courts in Provo. That will begin at 5 p.m. There is a live stream link if you want to watch the women's tennis program in action, taking on the Utes. Once again, 5 p.m. at the indoor tennis courts in Provo. Live stream link on BYUcougars.com and then also women's soccer. They're headed to Columbia, Missouri to take on the Missouri Tigers and SEC foe tonight. That is at 7 o'clock Central Time. That is 6 o'clock Mountain Time. And you can hear a radio broadcast with Gregor Bell on the call on the BYU Sports Network and also BYU Radio. So make sure to check that out. Best of luck to Jennifer Rockwood and her squad as they try and notch a big upset on the road in SEC country. Alright, that's going to do it. We will have a look ahead at what's happening on Thursday, tomorrow. Obviously, there's going to be media availability from BYU football. We'll get to some more of the audio we have not touched on earlier this week on tomorrow's podcast. So there's plenty more to talk about throughout the rest of the week here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. And I want to encourage you guys, make sure you join us every single day as we have a ton of fun talking all things Cougars right here on this podcast. Until then, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for March 3rd, 2021. And we will talk to you guys tomorrow.